0: Father, we bless you and we give you glory you prepare a table before us and we are grateful dear lord as your children to gather at your table this uh, uh, this morning and into this afternoon we bless you dear lord for that which you have prepared for us we thank you dear lord god for the hearts and the lives of your people and so lord as we sit at your table I call upon your name and ask of you that, Lord, may you reach out unto each one of us. You know the heart cry of each one. You know the need of each one. You know the pain of every one of us, O oh dear Lord of God. I pray that your presence may permeate, may surge into our situations and into our circumstances to heal and to restore for the owner of your name. I do ask that, Lord God, let almighty oh, Rima your oil be poured upon each one, even as we be at your table this morning. I call on you that you pour your oil on the wounds of your sons and on your daughters, on the families of your children, O oh, dear God. Let that oil that brings healing and restoration may take effect in the lives of your children, even as we sit at your table, O oh, everlasting Father. May the bread that you have prepared for your children to bring healing and strength into their spirits, O God, be made manifest and into their bodies likewise for the honor of your name. Father, this day, O King of glory, may you lift off every particular heaviness and the spirit of heaviness from the lives of your children and dress your beloved ones, O God, with the garment of praise in the name of Jesus. I declare that the glory of God may attend unto each one of these that be before you everlasting one that Lord you'll quench the arrows of the evil one that Lord God as each one be at your table in your presence even today dear Lord God you will lavish us and lavish your children with your love because Lord God you do that in the very presence of your of their enemies. And so let it be that the came of all glory, the principalities and the powers, they shall behold the favor and the grace of God and the goodness of God upon these beloved ones, O God, as they stand before you. May you bless the work of the hands of your children, O dear God. May these hands blossom in that which they do, everlasting Father may you bless their lips almighty king of glory that lord as they open these particular lips they will be oh dear lord like a sweet-smelling server before thee oh dear god you will attend unto their cry and your name will be glorified and lord as we sit at your table let the book of remembrance be opened, O oh dear God, for the sake of each one of these that be, for, be before you, and for the sake of their families, O oh King of glory, that Father in the remembrance that as you remember your children, healing shall be made manifest the grace of god shall be made manifest those who have been feeling weak shall experience oh dear Lord, the revival of the strength of god in their individual lives and the name of the lord shall be glorified and the needs of your children shall be met because lord you arise you stretch forth your hand over each one and the palm of your hand is opened over each one that the desire of each one be met for the glory and for the praise of your name i ask this and i prophase and declare it father in jesus name amen Amen. let us summarize what we have been sharing on looking unto jesus our good shepherd we've shared a lot right from the beginning as we've talked about he cares for our ones he's concerned that we may lie down to digest that which we receive in that safe space that we may be able to gain from all that it is that he releases unto us be it at his table wherever it is that he leads us we've said he leads us he does not drive us he does not push us in a hurry no he goes ahead of us and he walks at the right pace to make sure that you and I, we may be able to gather the strength to walk in His footsteps and in the way that He leads us for the glory of His holy name. We say He makes us, He leads us by the still waters as the Good Shepherd. We say the sheep cannot drink from fast flowing water. It's because of the positioning of their, of their nose. They will choke if that water is passing through fast and so He takes them to a place where the waters are still and they're able to drink at their pace. They're able to drink in safety for the glory of His wonderful name. When declare that we are lost, He brings us back. You know, many of our versions say He restores my soul. But we say the best translation is why He says He brings me back. Even if I am lost, even if I have lost my focus, He will bring me back for the glory of His name we have said he leads us in the paths of righteousness he is the one who knows the path where we are supposed to walk there are many lanes and many paths in the field outside there only he knows which is the right path to take as he leads us through the wilderness and he makes sure that we will be able to be safe and he will bring us safely back home for the glory of his name and last week we were sharing on the issue even if we walk through the valley of the shadow of death we will fear no evil because the lord is with us he is faithful he will bring us through those particular valleys and he restores us that his road and his staff they comfort us and today i want us to finalize as we look at the good shepherd we are looking the character or the picture that has been painted for us in in psalms 23 and let these stir up your faith and my faith As we continue to remember, just as Caroline read for us at the very beginning, and as Linda encouraged us at the very outset, what a friend we have in Jesus. But this friend takes effect in us. His presence and his power and his friendship is realized when you believe him, when you trust him, and when you know that he is not a man that he should lie. He's not a man, a son of a man that he should uh, repent concerning what it is that he has said. He does not say, oh, I'm sorry, I promised you this and I will not be able to fulfill it. No, when he says it, he means it and he will make sure he fulfills it for the glory and praise of his wonderful name. And so he wants us to have that faith and that confidence in him and that scripture that uh, Caroline read for us is summarized it for so well. They did not enter into his rest he's a friend who has prepared rest for you and for me but he says one thing hinders us from entering that rest our unbelief our lack of faith and that's why he indicates that this is the victory that overcomes the world even your faith even my faith and so as we look at the good shepherd It will stir up this particular faith because our good shepherd he is the author and the perfecter of our faith interesting he starts it puts it together molds it and he watches over it to make sure that it continues to grow it continues to gain all its full features and to the full manifestation of that particular of that particular faith that he has given unto us He does not leave it to chance he is not leaving you to work out that particular faith by yourself no he takes interest in you to make sure that your faith will stand your faith will grow your faith will be established in the way that the lord god has desired and so today we begin on that particular aspect you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies you anoint my head with oil my cup runs over surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever with those words in your uh, in your mind remember the very beginning where we say where he says in john chapter 10 verse 11 to 14 i am the good shepherd The good shepherd gives his life for the sheep. But a hireling who is not the shepherd, one who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf catches the sheep and scatters them. The hireling flees because he is a hireling and does not care about the sheep. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep. And I am known by my own. And as we move on, let that stirring be in your spirit. Do I know my shepherd? Do I know him? Now we've looked at that particular aspect from verse 1 to verse 4. It uses the picture of relationship of a shepherd and sheep. Of a shepherd and his animals. It paints this picture for us. But as it becomes to verse 5, something changes It's as if he appears to now talk about a host and his guest guests he's no longer talking about animals and a, a human being now he shifts that particular talk and starts to talk about a, 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 an owner of a home or a palace or wherever and the guests that he welcomes he welcomes to himself You know, you'll think of yourself, what do sheep do? What will sheep do at a table? Maybe somebody can argue and say, well, maybe the table he's talking about might be maybe going to, you know, he finds a flat place where the pasture is very flat and nice, and he starts to prepare. Maybe he pulls out the poisonous plants so that the sheep will not eat the poisonous plants and kills all the snakes. In that place that he has prepared that particular table, you know, so that the sheep will come to feed, you know. But if you go to Israel, there are no. Generally, you not find flat, flat lands. So, and David here is in Israel. Most of the landscape of Israel and the middle East generally, you not generally not find places that are flat, expanse lands that are flat. Most of it are valleys and hills, valleys and hills. And so, it, the main thing that it will appear. He's talking about here, yeah, he's talking about the aspect of a host and his and his visitors or his guests that come. Another aspect in that scripture he says, He anoints my head with oil. Think about it. Try to imagine a shepherd standing there with oil, pouring it all over on the head of the sheep. It doesn't add up. It doesn't add up proper. When somebody might talk on the issue that, because shepherds used to do that, they will anoint, try to anoint the whole body of the sheep with, with oil because it kills the ticks or it makes the ticks chokes the ticks and will make the ticks come out from, the, from, the, from biting the, the, the sheep or maybe they are dry, they are too cake, uh, dried up, so it maybe you may anoint them with oil to soften, to moisturize the, the skin of the sheep. But the main aspect here, you realize, he pours that oil on the head, the way that the Psalmist pours it. So, in in, the, in that picture, it has, it's as if it is like a generous host with his guest that at some point he comes and pours oil on the on the head of the on the head of the of the guest, and we will look at that. We'll look at that at some point in time so essentially the whole scripture if you go from 1 to verse 4 of psalms 23 it's talking about food and drink for animals but if you go from verse 5 to verse 6 it's as if it's also talking about food and drink for people at this particular time and a similar example comes to jesus when we come to jesus as he calls himself the good shepherd if you look in luke chapter 13 verse 15 and 16 Jesus compares something to do with an ox and a donkey, and he compares it also to the issue of a woman who was oppressed by the, by the, by, by, oppressed by the devil. That, you know, he came, he came to this woman, I think she was bent over, and he heals, that particular, he heals that particular woman. And the critics are unhappy about him doing some of this particular stuff. That, you know, he, how can you heal on the Sabbath? They are not happy with the issue of him healing this particular woman. If you can listen to the words where he says, The Lord then answered him, that is in Luke chapter 13, verse 15 to 16. He says, The Lord answered him and said, Hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath lose his ox or donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it? So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on, on the Sabbath. Now you realize, as you look at this particular woman, if you know, you just compare that, think of that example. For 18 years, she has been bent. She's continually looking down because of the oppression. And the, somehow the Word of God puts it. It was not just a hunchback or so whatever. It is the enemy. The, somehow there's a spirit that was... Folding her back and making her spinal cord either to turn or turn, and such that she ends up walking, looking down for 18 good years. She lives such a, such a life. And he comes and he says, Ought not that, you know, this particular daughter of Abraham have been loosed. It's as if indicating something. He's comparing, just like in the book of Psalms, he talks of sheep and the shepherd. Now he talks of a guest and his host, and is here it's as if he's starting to unpack this particular idea of what kind of a shepherd am I. At my table, I will be able to straighten back that which the enemy has been oppressing. And look the bent the how this woman was bent. Let us use that example and think of our own lives our lives can have been bent in one way or another not because of any other thing but because of the operations of the evil one you know yourself i know myself we know our families And the enemy may have come and bent over something in our lives or in our families as a result of that particular oppression. But at this particular table, he says, I am the good shepherd. I will be able to release you from that particular oppression. Realize many, their focus is, you know, deflected from the main goal that the Lord God may be calling you unto. Realize that woman, God has made us to w- w- look uh, straight forward. But imagine somebody always is walking you know, bent over. Their focus is onto the ground. instead of. It is so difficult to look forward. Try to trans- change it and look at our own situations and circumstances. How we view life and how we view other things that surround us. But if we are in the presence of the Good Shepherd, He is aware of each and every one of our conditions. He will be able to straighten us up and bring us up to that particular place. That is, he changes our focus from looking down and grants us to be able to look up to the good, for to the good God. Remember what he says in Colossians, when he says, set your affections on things above and not on things on the earth. There are many who are oppressed by the evil one and such for, for that reason their focus is based on the things of the world their focus is based on the things that surround them on the relationships and things that you know have got to do with this particular physical life they think nothing of what is above remember one, something interesting he says when two or three gather in his name he is right there in the midst of them The Lord prepares a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Now listen, when we gather together, when you gather together, realize he says the Lord is in the midst of his children when they gather together. But the question is, when we gather together, do we recognize that he's in our midst? And when we gather together, realize he lives on the inside of each one of us. He's not hanging somewhere in the air, in that particular place where you have gathered. No, he lives inside you and me. He does not live in the outside. His spirit does not hover, hover, over, over, over in the world. No, the world doesn't know the spirit of God. The spirit of God has one residence in you and in me. That is the only place where he lives and he abides according to the scripture that's how his spirit abides in the world he has found a resting place to operate in you and in me and hence when we gather together realize he says as we let say last time your word is a lamp unto my feet and uh, you know a light is a lamp unto my feet a light unto my path in the moments when we are together Those moments there is a word that will come from your mouth, a word that will come from my mouth, which will be a lamp and a light to your brother or to your sister. But how many times do we talk the things of God when we gather together? Many other times we come together and say, I saw this, I saw the other, I heard him say this, I heard her say this, she is doing this, she is doing that. That is some of the things that we like doing. I'm guilty of it, I believe some of you are guilty of it. We gather together and we'll spend a lot of time talking all over our focus is where well. Has been turned and we are looking down. So the Lord wants to release a word that will be a light to somebody. And yet that word never comes. Why? I heard. I read. I saw. I know. I have seen. I've just passed his house or her house. And all these particular things we talk. You know, have you heard the latest movie? Have you had the latest song that has come out? You know, we will talk on all these particular things. But what? The word of the Lord. Let me tell you something. At his table, there is great deliverance for you and for me. If only we will be able to partake of what it is that he places before us. And I want you to recognize what is it that the Lord is placing before me. When your sister comes to, when you see her coming to you, or your brother coming to you, let that start in your spirit. The Lord is placing a table before me. My brother, my sister is coming. He is in our midst. Something is going to be spoken. Let my ear be open that I may be able to grasp what he has for me today. He says he sent his word. His word healed them and delivered them from all their distractions. That word comes at his table it doesn't just come anyhow he says he prepares a table before me that word will come he doesn't care what the enemy will imagine he will send that word because it is at his table the enemy can do nothing about it as long as it is where it is at his table but it is you and i to determine whether we're going to be able to catch what he's speaking unto us Many times we start talking and mourning all the evils and all the negatives about ourselves and our families and what have you. And we don't have time to speak what is the Lord saying to us or to me at this particular time, at this particular table. Remember what he says, is it in Malachi? He says, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And the Lord listened. And then he says, and a book of remembrance was opened before him for those who fear the Lord. This particular book is opened not anywhere. It is opened at his table. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. That book of remembrance, just like when it was opened for Mordecai, That book of remembrance is opened at his table. And when you are seated there, may you God grant you grace. May he grant me grace. That in the name of Jesus, we will not miss our opportunity for our book to be opened. Because we were not talking about it. I hope you are hearing me. And I'm hearing myself. So that as much as we come together... Let it be a time of, of, of sharing the word. Let it be a time. Oh, you know what, my sister? I had this song. It blessed my heart. And I will trust in you alone. I will trust in you alone. For your love and your mercy, your goodness, follow me. Let us sing it. And Maybe I may have come with a gossip on my lips, and as you start singing that song, the gossip is shriveled out and thrown away. And suddenly, the Lord starts to minister to our hearts. He sends in the word, and the word heals us. The word delivers us. The book of remembrance is open, and the Lord on high hears you singing about Him. He hears you sharing a psalm about Him. He hears you speaking something about Him. It ignites His heart he remembers oh yeah just has been having this particular issue for a long time it is time for it to be sorted out he sends out his messengers. can you go and kick that particular demon that has been standing at our gate trying to steal away something from his from my sister from my brother from whoever let him go kick it out so that the joy of the lord comes and floods our homes in the name of the lord jesus christ my brother my sister he prepares a table before us, and that table is prepared so that your faith may be able to blossom, to blare I know, to flare off, you know, oh, in mightily, and it will become a, a blessing unto many others for the honor of His wonderful name. Remember it yet once again. If you go to Luke chapter fourteen, verse one to five. Jesus speaks something interesting again in that particular place. The Word of God says that now it happened as he went into the house of one of the rulers of the Pharisees to eat bread on the Sabbath. Again, it's on the Sabbath. That they watched him closely, and behold, there was a man before him who had dropsy, or dropsy, whichever. And Jesus, answering, spoke to the lawyers of the Pharisees, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath? But they kept silent and, and he took and healed him and let him go. Then he answered them saying, which of you having a donkey or an ox that has fallen into a pit will not immediately pull him out on the Sabbath day? On his table, there are no rules. Praise the Lord. Only his favor and his grace rule on his table. Men and women can say this cannot happen to you because of A, B, C, D. It is the supper that you know you are not to be healed or whatever cannot happen in your family, whatever cannot happen in your life because of A, B, C. On His table, His grace and His mercy abound, and you can rest assured i may not fit in any of the boxes none of the boxes can be ticked concerning me concerning my house concerning my family but on his table he says i prepare a table for you in the presence of my enemies praise god may the lord prepare that table for you my brother and my sister in the name of the lord jesus christ realize something on his table there are no traditions so don't let anybody push you off from that particular table. And because, you know, we don't do these things this way in this church. Forget it. It is His church. Not any man or any woman's church. Praise God. And His table is His table. Nobody rules on that table. Only the Lord Himself is in charge of the table. And realize He prepares it Himself. He does not give, leave it to servants to prepare that particular table. He says He prepares He becomes like a woman. The Lord takes the nature of a woman at that particular time. Because women tend to be the ones in many places who prepare tables. Like in the Middle East, generally, it is the women who used to prepare the table for the guests. The the, the man will give orders. But here, the shepherd himself, the Lord himself comes in. And he comes in to prepare the table. He's not ashamed to prepare the table for you. Because he loves you. And he cares for you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So remember, he prepares a table. And there is no set time where he will do something for you. At that table, everything is available. Whether it's a night or in the day. Whether it is your young or you're old, there is no set time when the Lord is going to do this particular thing for you. He knows your need and he wants your faith to flare up. To know that at whatever time, morning or evening, my God, our God, our good shepherd, he stands here for me. He will attend to my need in the name of Jesus Christ i will not have to wait for those 18 years to looking looking down no today i can be set free because it happens i have met him on the sabbath when nothing is done on the sabbath he will still do it for me anyway all for the honor of his precious and wonderful name look unto him the good shepherd your faith will never be the same again, my brother and my sister, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You remember the story of the lost, of the lost, of the lost, of the prodigal son. And once again, think about it. As he speaks of it in Luke chapter 15, from verse 1 to 32, you can read it yourself or you know the story. Again, he, he compares, he talks about, about sheep, lost sheep in that sh- chapter. He talks about the lost coin. Then he comes, talks about the lost two sons. As he speaks about the place, that is essentially he speaks about the prodigal. He indicates something there. It does not matter where you have been. If you are mine, I will prepare a table for you. Because I want you to come back so that I can sort you out at my table. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So don't hide away. You know, saying that I'm not fit. Or I don't measure up. No. Every one of us measures us up, measures up to be at that table because of the grace of the good shepherd. He is a good shepherd. And he does not demean or disregard anybody so long as you are his. And you know what he says? He's not willing that any should perish, but that all should come. That's how big the table is. Let us not block any man or any woman out, all for the honor of his wondrous name. That is, the Lord cares for each one of us for the honor of his name. And as I said, he acts like a woman in this place to prepare a meal for for his particular case. That is, he knows you. He knows what suits you and what suits me. He is, he is the good shepherd. His interest is in your welfare. And just as we are, that song says, he knows my every thought. He knows your every need. He knows your every thought. And he understands. He wants you to know that you are not alone. You are not forgotten. And you are not abandoned. Remember what he says in John chapter 14, verse 1 to 3, a scripture that you know. He says at this table, let not your heart be troubled. Don't come here saying, I know I have been A, B, C, D. I know I am. I know this is what is written on my name or on my character. He says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. He is giving you that grace and that confidence. You are not being judged on this table. That's what the Lord is telling you. I'm not pulling out the threads to say, Oh, this is what Paul is, this is what Paul is, so that I may uh, there is no shaming on the table of the Lord. I want you to take note of that as we take account of each other in the grace that the Lord gives unto us at this table there is no shaming. he's not bothered where you've been or how you may be stinking at that particular time. Are uh, your brothers and your sisters may standing in the. No, for him, it is immaterial. He doesn't even notice that you're stinking. He embraces you and everybody's wondering, look at that. What on earth is he doing? He says, wow, oh, my wonderful daughter, my wonderful son. He loves you. And he cares for you. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, praise the Lord. So he says, believe in God, believe also in me and he says let not your heart be troubled now he always says in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so i would have told you i go to prepare a place for you what a wondrous favor and grace there is a place that is appointed for you in the father's house just for you so don't let anybody block you at the door Because nobody has been in that house to know how he has prepared it. Praise God let nobody tell you that oh your family cannot enter no they've got no clue they were not there when he has been preparing it all along all of us we have been here by the way so nobody should come and tell you you cannot enter you cannot come to that i'll tell him or her you know what He's the one who said he has gone to prepare did you go there to go and see how the door looks like maybe it will only allow it is shaped like me i'm the only one who will go through that particular door nobody else will go through my door you will go through the one he has prepared for you praise god there is a place for you in his mansion he prepares a table before you in the presence of your enemies hallelujah he is trustworthy that is one aspect he prepares a table before me the second aspect he says he prepares a table before me what in the presence of my enemies listen think about that in the presence of my enemies what is he saying he demonstrates a very expensive love it is a very very costly love it is a love he demonstrates irrespective of who is watching he doesn't care who is watching or who is not watching doesn't mean anything doesn't mean anything to him you know or he knows something that the hostility that, you know, the hostility that you see, you know, as usual, those who are hostile to you, as they see what he is doing to you, they will become hostile to him. But he doesn't care that, you know, oh, I'm going to make enemies because I associate with Paul. No, 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 no many times we put off our friends and our beloved ones because I, i don't want to be identified with so and so people what would people think of me if they see me walking with him if they see me talking to her if they see me you know in his or her house you know there are all those particular things that every one of us we can be guilty of and we put each other off not the good shepherd the good shepherd has a different character he demonstrates that particular love anyway you know, his love is available for you regardless. You know, in the time of slavery during the, uh, in America, <laughs> if, if a white uh, a European-American dared uh, to take a black, an, African, an African-American into a restaurant in a white section, I can assure you, leave a, the black man or the African man alone this guy who has come with this particular African uh, American into the restaurant the hostility that is directed towards him who does he think to bring this thing into this particular place that is the kind of love that God comes in to show you know the person who came with that person into the restaurant experienced almost the same hostility against him As the hostility that is directed towards the the, the somebody of the other race. But that is exactly what happens. That's what he's trying to say when he says, he prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Look at the prodigal son, again in chapter 15 of Luke. In Luke chapter 15, you realize the community hated him. And you know why? You know, they would have beaten him even, you know, they would even have thrashed if, if, him uh, as he was coming into the village because they knew he has brought shame to the, com- to, the, to the family. He has squandered the money of the family. He has come back in rags. He's not worthy to be co- identified as one of the community in that particular place. But what happens? They would have beaten him up the, lo- up the road. But had it not been for the father's costly intervention on the public road. He did not hide in his house waiting for him to come over. No. The father shot out while the, the guy was still at the station. He could sense all of that is him. The, the guy shot off from the door and he started running towards while all the flats, everybody's looking through the window. Say, ah, what is happening? So and so, the, the, this guy is running across the road. And they realize, oh, Oh no! He's gone. What? He's embracing. That is the son. That is the son that was lost. He meets and embraces this particular boy in such a wonderful and such a glorious, such a glorious, such a glorious way. So when they come to the banquet, I want you to realize the party was not as a gesture of welcome to the prodigal prodigal son. It was they were celebrating the costly effort of the father in being able to reconcile the son to himself. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You realize the community despises this particular boy. They hate him, but they attained the banquet in honor of the father because of his costly effort in restoring his son to himself. And the son can say, therefore, that this banquet, is a gesture of restoration in the presence of my enemies. Maybe the Lord, you know where you've been, you know what it is that you've been going through. And we can say that everyone hates me, even my brother, just like the prodigal son. Even my dad, even my mom, even my sisters, maybe they hate me. But my Father, in full view of all, He shows me costly, <coughs> great love for the glory of His wonderful name. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Let us look. Remember Zacchaeus. I give us this story as we, 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 we want to finish this thing just shortly. As he looks at Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus comes to uh, meet Jesus. Now he realizes Jesus goes to spend the night at Zacchaeus' house. And the whole community is angry and they murmur against him. He has gone into the house of a, of, a, of, a, of, a, of a tax collector. So Jesus attracts hostility against himself because of those he chooses to eat with and to sit, to sit with. He demonstrates that wonderful love. The, you know, he demonstrates that costly love for his companions, the companions of his table, as he eats with them in the presence of their enemies. He will adorn you with his presence because he loves you and he cares for you in the name of Jesus Christ. He's ready to eat with you, he's ready to identify himself with you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Then realize this one thing. He adds on, go says, He anoints my head with oil and my cup runs over. Remember how oil, anointing has been used there before. There is the anointing, the spirit of his has, anoint, has oil being anointed upon him. He has anointed me so that I may heal the brokenhearted. He says, You remember the Good Samaritan? He anointed the wounds and the souls of that particular individual who had been beaten by, by thugs. Look at James. James says, He anoints anoint the sick with oil, and the prayer of faith will heal the sick but this act here in psalms the, in psalms 23 where he says he anoints my head with oil it is similar to what happens to jesus you can read it later in luke chapter 7 verse 35 to 50 where this woman comes and pours oil on jesus uh, as, he, as she anoints him and jesus talks of how much she has been forgiven she has loved more because of how much she had been forgiven And realize the pouring of the oil on the head of the Lord at that time. Jesus tells the the, the owner that you did not even wash my feet when I came in. But this woman has come and poured expensive oil on me. And as he talks of that, that oil was precious perfume. And this is what David is talking of in this, particular, in this particular place. That that oil is poured upon you in the presence of everybody. So if people are looking at you And imagining that there is nothing good that is gonna happen to him or her God in the presence of every the principalities who have coined your destruction and the men and the women who imagine that nothing can happen in your favor what does the Lord do he comes and he pours that oil over you that favor that grace in the presence of all your enemies he infuriates the enemy as they see the grace and the goodness of the lord upon you he leaves no stone unturned just to make you know that you are welcome you are honored and you are his beloved even realize he says even the waiters or maybe the lord and the shepherd himself when my cup when i sip the wine in my cup even before it has gone halfway They come again. They pour it over. They are pouring it over before even I finish until it starts to overflow. I can't imagine this favor. I can't imagine this grace. I can't imagine this goodness. The enemy is looking and wondering, why should he do this to Margaret? And Margaret is there with her wonderful glass. Yeah, it is overflowing. And as she drinks, it's as if they don't even want her to put it to the mouth. They are still pouring. My cup runs over. That is the grace and the goodness of the good shepherd in the name of the lord jesus may you have faith in him hear what he says in psalms 31 verse 11 as the psalmist declares he says i am a reproach among all my enemies but especially among my neighbors and i am repulsive to my acquaintances those who see me outside flee from me and you can ask yourself are you a scorn to all your adversaries and to your enemies are you a horror to your neighbors are you an object of dread and scorn to your friends and to those who see you in the street flee from you the lord will ignore every one of them as he hosts a banquet for you he prepares a table before me In the presence of my enemies then ask yourself what is this table that the Lord prepares for me at great cost and what is this cup that he offers to me at great cost let us read this scripture as we finalize in 1 corinthians chapter 10 verse 16 to 21 he says the cup of blessing which we bless is it not the communion of the blood of christ the bread which we break is it not the communion of the body of christ for we though many are one bread and one body for we all partake of that one bread. observe Israel after the flesh are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar what am I saying then that an idol is anything or what is offered to an idol is anything rather that the things which the gentiles sacrifice they sacrifice to demons and not to god and i do not want you to have fellowship with demons you cannot drink the cup of the lord and and the cup of demons you cannot partake of the lord's table and the table of demons may you value that table that he's placing before you as we look at the table that our sister laid us as we were partaking of the lord's table It is a precious table that speaks volumes concerning you and concerning me before the grace in the eyes of God let us not take it lightly and he finishes and says surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever remember as the sheep return home the wolves and predators they lack at the rear hoping to catch a weak one so that they can be able to snatch him or her away but not with a good shepherd always the the good shepherd used to have either an assistant behind walking behind to make sure the rare is guarded or maybe he may have a dog behind to make sure the rear is guarded if he doesn't have an assistant or a or a dog the sheep generally know the direction home when the time comes to start going home generally the sheep know that the the way home the shepherd will transfer to the rear and make sure my sheep are safe as they walk at their pace going home he walks following them step by step to make sure none of them will be lost none of them will be taken advantage of as they are there at the rear and what does he say that i will dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life basically he's indicating he's saying that you know throughout all my life And throughout God's, you know, God's days, the days of God and my days, I will dwell in the house of God. It's not just that I will dwell in the house of the Lord only my life now. No, it is my life and the the language there is talking of your life and the life of God compound those particular two together he indicates he is with you right through to the very end and the last verse remember isaiah 58 verse 8 where he says then your light shall break forth like the morning your healing shall spring forth speedily and your righteousness shall go before you and listen the glory of the lord shall be your rare god amen his goodness and his mercy shall surely follow you because he is the good shepherd may your faith be stirred up to stand firm and sure that he will not let you down he will not abandon you he watches over you in jesus name